Damn, partner, how'd you get so good at doing puzzles? Did your parents make you practice morning, noon, and night? Until they ruined your love for puzzle solving, leaving you to resent them? All the while, they're thinking that they were doing you a favor when in reality, they were just pushing their own unhealthy addiction on you? Is that how you got into them and so good at puzzles? always the most awkward part for me welcome to the secret podcast we're here today with brett with bradley and with apparently the rock star of san francisco matthew sparks uh the podcast just had a meetup we uh we left about you know a week ago met up with maybe 30 hunters in san francisco went over some solves and had some dinner had a really good time and literally everyone all everyone did was follow around Matt and take in every single word he had to say. It was crazy. Matt, Matt, what was, how'd that make you feel? I think the last uh, meetup only had a couple of people show up. What was it like to have all these people just follow you around and eat up every word? The last meetup was me and another guy. Oh, so this okay. was, this was weird. Um, yeah, again, I, I keep telling everybody I haven't found one. I don't know anything more than, Everybody else who hasn't found one. So, and by the time I've been working on it, this makes me the worst, by definition, hunter <laughs> of these things. So. <laughs> but it was so fun to meet everybody. It was just awesome. Just it was. It was great. Putting names, names with faces and, you know, it was great. Everybody was super polite. There was no awkwardness. It was amazing. I know. Yeah. And then, and then I guess because of the music festival in Golden Gate Park, nobody went to San Francisco that day because let me tell you, San Francisco is never that empty. Okay. I mean, I got to park 20 spaces from the park, <laughs> you know, and walked, walked out the door and you guys were walking by. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. There was nobody there. Well, I guess the people that did show up, we had the hunters and then we had the news. Like for some reason, the news just decided to show up. Wilson. Yeah. The infamous Wilson. He's been ghosting us for years now. Yeah. He had been out there. I guess somebody told him that we were going to be out there or somebody was going to be out there at 9 a.m. So he had on, been out there for hours. Yeah. Somebody had said <laughs> they were going to be there early to get a spot. Right. I think that was Linda. And then she had some sort of emergency where she couldn't come, but it was kind of cool that they showed up. Uh, they said that they're, uh, they had, they had met with some other hunters who had a GPR out in Golden Gate Park. Um, and that they were, uh, they had one other clip that they had filmed and they're going to sort of, uh, create, a a series, not a series, but create a segment based on those three, uh, encounters. So hopefully we'll get to see that in the future. I'm hoping he, he, I mean, it's all, it's a, really, it's all fun and games. I mean, that's what this is. Um, but uh, every single video I've seen, they go with the angle, tend to make fun of the hunters. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit. Well, there's not much fun to make of us. We were having a good time out there. We were exchanging <laughs> good ideas. Yeah. It was awesome. Matt was uh, on fire. I mean, well, first of all, this is the first time I've met either you, Matt, or Bradley in person. And uh, it was a pleasure. Secondly, um, boy, uh, what, a, what a great setup that, uh, that you all put on out there. It was, it was awesome. Um, and it was just cool. It, what I liked is uh, I, I enjoyed uh, just everybody getting an opportunity to sort of bounce ideas off of Matt and hear Matt's ideas. Um, but also everybody got a chance to kind of like showcase what, what they, you know, their ideas and, and their, you know, potential solves and dig sites and things like that. And, and uh, a couple people got on camera and it was just, it was just a really, I, I, it was an otherworldly experience for me. Yeah, I just I didn't I didn't anticipate how cool and fun and great that would be and how polite, like you said, how polite everybody was and how nice they were and how into it everybody is. I mean, it was just really cool. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the, the community getting to meet everybody in person was amazing. Um, getting to meet, um, Matt, Matt and Brett, um, was the first time I got to meet both of you in person. So that was a great, uh, experience for myself and just getting to see the community, um, you know, just dive in. Um, you know, we all try to be supportive on the forums, but, uh, you know, online on the internet, there's always uh, kind of a filter, um, where people try to be, you know, a little more cautious than, um, what I think they normally would be. And you get to see that in person. I mean, there, there was no holds bar. Um, everybody was just, you know, I've, I've got something, let me, let me tell you, I've got something else. Let me tell you. And it was amazing. I was so excited to be a part of that. Um, and speaking of Matt being a rock star, uh, I, I was super surprised that Matt asked for everybody's autograph instead of us getting Matt's autograph. Um, but I, I like what Matt started. So I think anytime we do a meetup, we should always print a poster board of whatever images that we're meeting up for and have everybody attend, sign it. Yeah. That's been hanging on my office since then. And, uh, you know, on the wall behind my desk and everybody who comes in asks about it. So yeah, that, another excuse to tell people <laughs> that poster board was a great idea. Not only, because of the keepsake, but because a lot of the, a lot of the people in San Francisco have very image based solves. And it's really hard when you're talking online to sort of see what they see. And it was really helpful to have this huge image of the painting sitting there so that people could point, you know, I see this here. When we went to the uh, bar, I threw it in the middle of the table. Um, and, and I would, you know, there's another example. San Francisco is empty that day. We got a table for night. Exactly. Without right. waiting. That's crazy. What? Across That's, the street. Across the street. That's round, insane. So we could yeah. all look at each other and yeah. So, interact. Yeah. Just, just to paint yeah. this picture for people that weren't there. It was a giant round table. Kind of think of like Knights of the Round Table sort of situation. <laughs> and in the middle was a giant Lazy Susan. Um, and Matt put his big poster board, Ryan the Lazy Susan, in all during our interaction with dinner and drinks this lazy susan was going left to right with everybody you know spinning it around so they could point the image the way they needed to and discuss you know with their neighbors about what was going on there were books going on the lazy susan spinning rapidly to the right and left here let's go take a look at this so hey come on come here and take a look at this it, it was awesome i had yeah. an amazing time and something i gotta give uh, something i gotta give Brad, uh, bradley props for is we the podcast thought we were gonna have to buy everybody's dinner there because the restaurant had some weird thing where they wouldn't split checks and Bradley went around and like did the math, figured out what everybody owed, split everything up. Bradley spent probably 45 minutes just doing math to make sure that everybody was taken care of. That was kind of awesome. 
<laughs> I appreciate that, but that goes to the community because that could people could have very easily taken advantage of that situation or very easily made that a very negative situation. And everybody was super uh, gracious and just willing to work with me to, to make it work for everybody. So that that's props for the community right there. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is that uh, we, you know, the donate the requests for donations had that not turned out very well, would have gone up uh, on the, for the podcast pretty quickly. So thank you, Bradley, and thank you, community. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, very, it worked out really cool. And then the other thing that was neat is we sat at a table, we looked up to our right above a stairwell, and there's a big Mark Twain quote right there. There was, yeah. I thought yeah. that was uh, really um prophetic appropriate. or appropriate or well, yeah well, was, yeah but seriously you can't get away from mark twain in san francisco he it's true everywhere. we we utilize them for pretty much everything you're, you're right yeah but it was a nice backdrop seriously everything about that meetup was absolutely perfect i mean th there wasn't a bad thing i could say about it my favorite mark twain quote i learned while we were there and that was the uh, coldest winter i ever spent was a summer in san francisco i thought that was great matt isn't that your least favorite mark twain quote because it's not actually a mark twain quote or something he never said it oh no oh no <laughs> everybody loves it but he never said it that was matt uh, twain yeah mark twain said something that oh right was yeah really that was nice his and brother <laughs> that was his brother in <laughs> like twain <laughs> In, in the 1800s, Matt leaned over to uh, to Mark Twain and was like, hey, you know what would be cool? You should say this. Yeah, you should say this. Yeah. Tell me what no, the object stand, of your attention is. Stand in, yeah, really, please. Stand, stand in there in that park. You know, there's Mark Twain in, I don't know, just, I mean, visibly eight different directions from, yeah. from right there that you can't argue. Yeah, that's Mark Twain thing. That's mm -hmm. a Mark Twain thing. That's mm -hmm. a Mark Twain, you know, so it's impossible. Now, Matt, I know you, I know you don't like that park, but standing in that park, there's a lot to me, at least there's a lot in that verse and the image that, that line up pretty well. There so is. What's and there's a lot in the verse and the image that lines up to Golden Gate Park. I don't know. And there's a lot. Yes, there is. And I mean, you know, there's the observatory in Stow Lake and there's the strawberry and the dragon and there's the phoenix from the senior center. There's so many matches around there. And but you can do that repeatedly. You can do it at Coit Tower, the map that's in the dragon scales and you know, matches Coit Towers neighborhood exactly. There's um, switch verses and uh, go with verse six and um, the Portsmouth Square, you know, near Chinatown. You know, it's there's so many matches that are there. You can actually there there's you can actually use the um, quick. What's the verse with long palm shadow? The the Charleston verse. Is that the Charleston verse? Yeah. Uh, I've heard somebody do a, there's a, there's a park up on the hill near Knob Hill uh, with tennis courts in it. And I've heard that verse applied there and you go, what a fit. That's fantastic. You know, so, Alta Vista, is that Alta Vista park or. Yeah, it might like be. I'd, I'd have to yeah. go grab a map and look. I yeah, have but It's. It's hard to argue, and I know you will. It's hard to argue that GH, though. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's it's almost fence post obvious. And and I, like I asked at the uh, I asked at the meetup. It's it's odd that 
like that's there, but so much of this verse and so much of the image fits in like the other side of the city, you know, we kind of know that the Fairmont's important, but that's on the other end of gear. That's on the other end of the city from Ghirardelli. Like, why is this? No, is not, this? Yeah. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not, not the other hill. Yeah. No, well, you it, go right okay. down. It's walkable. So, you take it's walkable, but it's, a, it's, it's a little fallable. Bit it's yeah, fall. you can roll you down. Can, yes, stop. <laughs> so I guess maybe for a Florida boy, it's it's a little far. But yeah, I don't know. Like Chicago's right there. Chicago's within what a uh, half a mile of each other, not including the water tower. Well, not including the water tower, not including the Bulls Arena. If that's the Bulls Arena and not just a logo. Well, all right, all right. So Bulls Arena lines up with the thing on the side of the building and. And yeah, and Madison Avenue goes right, straight right, to right. Grant Park. So and then Water Tower to the to the Archer, you know, goes down Michigan. So a quick synopsis, just and uh, hopefully I get this right. Something that the, the way Matt believes part of the puzzle works is the image gives you uh, two different sort of icons, and that creates two different paths that intersect at a point, and that point is where the verse takes over. Right, Matt? Basically, four icons. Oh. I, I only knew of two. Well, San Francisco. All right. You got the Bulls Arena mm-hmm. in Chicago. You got the Fountain of the Lakes. That's yeah. two. You got the Water Tower and you got the Archer Statue. That's four. All right. Cleveland, you got the um, Transit Building and the Triangle. And uh-huh. you have the statue that I can never remember that guy's name. I think you're thinking of Dante. Uh, maybe the one right next to the Greek culture gardens, like the in the Italian gardens. It's up the street. Yeah. No, it's up because it's if you came in on um, not Euclid, but the other way in, and you came down from the north, it ends up at the horseshoe. Okay. Poof, you're you're right there. Both of those. Oh, I mean, all four of those things are in the in the verse. And in San Francisco, you got um, Golden Gate Park. And um, Lincoln, mm-hmm. and it, you have um, Fairmont and California. You get off on Fairmont, go down California, it runs right into Lincoln Park. And if you get off Golden Gate Park and you go up 34th to Lincoln, you're right there. Same spot. That's pretty far, though, isn't it? From the Fairmont all the way down to Legion of Honor. It's a straight shot with no turns. I'll give you this, man. I've always given you shit about El Cid, mm-hmm. but I actually stood in front of that statue and that is a giant step. Like that statue is enormous and impressive. You know, I went to a couple of places where like privately, I know you've dug and I, I see, I see what you're saying. Like I, I didn't understand before, but I, I understand your solve now. So I don't know how much that means, but whatever it's, it's, it's out there. Speaking of these large distances, that's one of the things I really loved about this community as well. Not only did we meet up and get to talk about our different solves and our different uh, theories of, you know, where things are buried, why things are buried, what paths we take, et cetera, et cetera. We had a team that was ready and mobile. Um, everybody, almost everybody in the meetup wanted to go and visit all the different places. We um, big, big shout out to Anthony. Anthony uh, took myself and some other members to several different 
different locations we wanted to check out and was super gracious host um, in San Francisco. So thank you so much. Uh, but, you know, they didn't just want to talk. They wanted to get out. They wanted to explore. They wanted to be boots on the ground. They wanted to see these places firsthand and hash out theories and find this cask. They, they were driven to a mission. Um, and I really appreciate that about them. Yeah. And, and how about, um, you know, people coming from all over the place for this thing? Like yeah, um, we had yeah. Caroline and Nick coming out from all the way from Jersey. New Jersey. We had uh, BBI, and I think uh, his name his name is actually Mark. Um, uh, he came all the way up for the weekend just to hook up with us and, and talk to us from uh, from Southern California. And then we had a bunch of people. It's no small feat to drive in from the Central Valley of California. Um, you know, th- some, some people were making like three, four hour drives into the city, you know, and expecting not to be able to park and or get anywhere once they got there. So I, I don't know. I, I, it was, that was really, that was really cool. Something I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do a throwback just a little bit, man. When all of these communities were started, me and, and JM and Matt and like John Hardipe, everybody came together and we were like, we, we need this, we, a community needs to be formed this meetup proves that that happened. Like there is a tight knit community behind the secret, a community of people who care about each other, who are friends with each other, who want to help each other. It was great to see that many people get together who agreed on so little, like none of them agreed on any real solve, but they all worked together to help each other out. It was amazing. And the the other thing was, uh, I, I really liked, um, just walking around the city, you know, you, you, uh, being a native from here, I get to see it every once in a while, but I don't get to do like boots on the ground and scoping stuff out in detail. And, uh, it was really cool, George and Bradley, when we were scoping out, um, by the Fairmont hotel, uh, I think that's called Huntington park. I want to say, yep. um, and there was a couple in town from Boston and they <laughs> were yes. to us. And, uh, you know, they saw you guys were carrying all the digging stuff, but they saw all the digging stuff. They're like, you guys are treasure hunters, aren't you? <laughs> and we're like, as a matter of fact, we are. And that was, that was uh, it great. was really cool. And they just got a kick out of it. And they they joined the, the podcast and joined the pages on Facebook. And um, they thought it they got a big thrill out of it. And it really reminded me like, how much fun I'm having doing this and, and um, how cool I feel, you know, uh, get, and, getting to get out and, and look around the city. And, and that was, and just- that was the first of two times that happened. Remember we went to a, like the last night we were there, me, Brett, Rachel and Brett's wife all went to a bar and the bartender just randomly starts talking about the secret. And we're sitting here looking at her like, do you, you know, who you're talking to right now like <laughs> shout out to the pig and whistle and uh we yeah we went and had a beer that's a place where i uh uh used to go with with my wife all the time pre pre being married right around the corner from my apartment and uh, we were in there just talking and she brought up the secret on uh expedition unknown and we were just like mouths agape you know <laughs> this is so crazy she was very opinionated i must say she yeah had, uh, She's like, um, you know, she definitely, well, it's, it's definitely at Coit Tower and, you know, she had her ideas, but it was just really random and really, really cool seeing how far reaching this thing is. And then Rachel just sitting at the bar going, my God, can I not even go to a random bar without hearing about this puzzle? Can you guys just <laughs> shut up for one minute? That, that was the biggest disappointment of the day is you didn't bring her along. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry. Um, her and uh, her and Brett's wife went out and had like a girls. It was, it, we went to San Francisco originally because it was Rachel's birthday and they went out and had a girl's day and just sort of hung out and had a very expensive lunch. <laughs> they had fun. 
Yes. And it, it was nice of them to accommodate our crazy adventures on Saturday. And then it, it was time to get back to business and hang out with them. But um, yeah, we had a really, really good time. Um, the, and back to um, aquatic park. I um, originally, I started in Legion of honor, you know, when I, when I first met Matt and I loved all the stuff there, then I sort of moved over to golden gate park and formulated my own opinions there. Then I, then um, kind of with, simultaneously with Anthony, we were working on this and I, and I ended up, um, down at aquatic park and, uh, you know, I, I just, there's just so there's a lot there and I know there's a lot everywhere, but like the things that I like are like the air smells sweet piece with the, you know, potentially, even though that's supposed to be metaphorical, um, you know, it being near the GH and that would be a, you know, a tie into the image. Um, not far away, high posts are three. I mean, there's, you know, there's ship masts all over the place. Uh, there's the fisherman's wharf, um, sign that has the three wooden posts as called out by the Japanese hints. Um, you know, sounds from the sky. I really like those speaker tower things that where they used to broadcast to people that sat around in the park, they used to broadcast, uh, sporting, sporting events, you know, um, I just, there's a lot there. Can I make it all work? No, of course. I haven't been able to make any of this work anywhere, but there, there's there, there, we have to admit there's, there's some good tie-ins there and I could see why somebody would go there and, and dig. To be honest, that might be its downfall though. There's so much there that none of it's very specific. None of it's fence post specific, you know, none of it's MMB set in stone specific. And I say that knowing that the Chicago guys got that wrong, but Everything there sort of fits, but it might be it, it might be the wrong place because everything there is just a little vague. What do you What do you think, Matt? What's Matt? What's your biggest argument against there? Um, my biggest argument against it. Yeah, besides the four points, <laughs> it's at Legion of Honor. <laughs> um, no, um, no, it's it. No, there's fantastic arguments for it. There's absolutely the biggest issue with the area is how much renovation that's happened there. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't Uh, affect whether it was there or not. That just makes me cringe to think, Oh, you know, if it was here, you know, all that dirt was removed. Yeah. So can we talk about the Legion of Honor? Are you okay talking about your solvent Legion of Honor? Oh, I got, I got no problem with anybody knowing where it is. I thought, uh, seeds, Gregory, Totally cool dude. Uh, yes, I, I, very, I, yeah. I, very great guy. And I, and I uh, listened intently and, and I've been doing some kind of back channeling with him and I'm trying to get better understanding of where he thinks it is. Um, I like the way he's tying the image and the verse together to try to combine them um, at aquatic parks. So I think, I think that's pretty cool. So, sh- you know, shout out to him and I think he should keep trying and, and uh, you know, these things are all solved, you know, I don't know that there's one method for these. I, 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 you know, I think there's some convincing, uh, sides, you know, or some, uh, different ways that you could explain it. Um, in terms of like, does the, does the image get you to the place and then the verse take you the final mile or vice versa? I just like, you know, I thought seeds did a good job in combining like the, um, both the image and the verse in a, like a pretty convincing solve. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, seats seats was awesome to get to hang out with. Great personality. Um, the hair and the sunglasses threw me for a loop. Those that were there know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, but when we're talking about aquatic park, uh, our uh, I've I've been to Cleveland. 
right? I've been to where it was buried. And when you're there, you know, it's there. Like you just have a feeling I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have that feeling until we went to aquatic park. And when we were I, there, I had that feeling. Yeah, I had that feeling um, as well. So I, I'm, I had I'm that very, feeling very strong San Francisco. <laughs> Caroline, while we were there, she found a poster made by the National Park Service calling a large tunnelway stone wall. Um, and it has a huge metal door um, that's now closing it off. Oh, we the found stone walls door. Goes under the base. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was Amazing. awesome to actually find something that says stone wall uh, made by National Park Service to actually name an a space. Loved it. So, Matt, you're after this after that weekend, we can honestly say that you're the rock star of San Francisco and everybody values your opinion. So the three of us here got that feeling in Aquatic Park. Convince us that it's at the Legion of Honor. All right. So, so my biggest, my biggest thing with Aquatic Park that makes me go, it's probably not there, is the big icon. Even if you go with one icon like the water tower and uh, the transit building, mm-hmm. inarguably the biggest icon in the image is Golden Gate Park. Yes. Okay. It's all over his shirt. So. You can't like you like it's easy to go down Michigan to get to Grant Park from the water tower. It's easy to go down Euclid to get to Rockefeller Park from the um, transit building. It is not easy to go from Golden Gate Park to Aquatic Park. So, I mean, that that just. I mean, if there was a straight shot between the two, I'd go, hmm, that's something to pay attention to. Um, So, and that was actually the piece that made me finally turn around and go, um, I got to leave Golden Gate Park behind uh, because you don't start at, you don't dig at the water tower. You don't dig at the transit building. So, you know, if I follow that, I got to be somewhere else. Great point. I tried all kinds of else. I went, I went north and south down the Great Highway, uh, down to Funston, uh, Fort Funston, up to um, uh, Lands End and Cliff House and the San Francisco Memorial for the ship. Um, you know, it was actually there, there. There was, you know, there was a couple big flagpoles up on top of Lands End because of. Uh, um, military stuff that was up there but none of it felt right until we recognized the head and shoulders as the parking lot the tabletop as the um uh fountain fountain the fountain um you know angel island is you know visible from there as is golden gate um bridge as is um uh, Fort Point. Um, there's so many things in the image that are visible from that point. More than more than any place else. More than at um, uh, you know Aquatic Park at uh, um, the Marina at Coit Tower. There's so many places in San Francisco. Yes, you can get image matches. But when you stand there at the Legion of Honor, they all match. You know, yeah. From her sleeve 
to, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, the thing under the table, the, um, then, then step into the verse and you start seeing, you know, education, you know, and justice right over there on the other hill. Um, uh, Aces High is, you know, Highway 1 running north, but first across the Golden Gate Bridge. It's right in front of you. Sounds from the sky. If, if June is the month of this um, cask. In you know June gloom in San Francisco, it's fog all the time. It, the the foghorns would be a constant sound, you know, that needs a device to be made for you to hear it. Um, and they are, you know, sounds from the sky near Aces High. Well, they're mounted on Highway One, so you know, there, there's just in that single spot. There's so many more matches you can do, you know then you can do some here and some there and another few over there, but you stand in that one spot. There's so I'll give many. You, I'll give yeah. you like a lot of people try to use this image as a, as a map and try to overlay it on things. But probably the best overlay that I've ever seen is uh, the head of the lady and that, that parking area. That's probably the best match I've ever seen. You know, I was, you know what actually, else is in that parking area? Skunks, skunks yeah. and, and, and and over the edge heroin needles. Yeah, so, found some of those too. Yeah. If you if Probably you dig there, those. be really careful. So I I gotta say I finally got to dig in San Francisco. I dug in a spot that I didn't believe in, but I've I've always I've tried to convince Matt to dig there at the at the terminus, and I finally got to dig there, and we found heroin needles. We found heroin needles. We found skunks. We found raccoons. It was great. We found no casts. All right. So if you're standing there at the terminus, uh-huh. which wasn't there in the 80s because it had been taken down in the 60s um and before that it was at the head the very tip of the parking lot what was next to you on the sidewalk the bus terminal yeah, the other bus direction there, oh there was a giant there was there a was scary a, uh, walkway there was You're a sorry. giant step yeah yeah around you around, that's that's right? why yes. i went there yeah couldn't really get the giant pole part but i got the giant step all right so Turn around and face the other side of the parking lot. And that's where the uh, Holocaust. um, Yes. uh, Yes. Which was closed when we went by. Uh, They've pulled out, I guess. um, Yeah. My daughter works for those museums. She told me they've pulled out or are going to pull out all of the statues and refurbish them and put them back. I was like, they're going to, tear it out and maybe move it. That's good news, but that's not happening. So, um, but in 1980, that wasn't there. And the sidewalk ended exactly the way it does over by where the um, current Lincoln highway marker is. So it was a giant step down to the ground right there. The sidewalk would just end and you have like a three foot drop to the ground. Yeah. And, Where's the and, real end of the terminus? Is that where the marker is or the parking lot? The parking lot is the loop. The parking lot is the terminus. You loop okay. in, there's yeah. a loop at this end and there's yeah. a loop at the other end. So I, I mean, I think we're, we're glossing over something pretty obvious and I would, I would take a lot of heat if I didn't mention it. Uh, what, what's your high poster three at the, at the Legion of Honor, because there are no wooden posts there. Right behind El Cid 
are three, uh, I think they're redwoods, um, trees. So we're thinking uh, they're trees. They're, yeah, they're trees and they're tall and straight and they are the only ones of that type nearby. All right. So if you line up from the archway, um, that looks like the archway in the image. I say Elsid's in the image. Nobody else does. I'm okay with that. Okay. But if you were there in the eighties, the only giant pole in the area, Elsid's holding. So, uh, and it's, you know, it's a lance. It's a giant pole. So, and if you follow the direction of the giant pole, it points directly to the step right there. Uh, at the end of the sidewalk. And if you kept going, it points at the center of the Golden Gate Bridge and Angel Island. So, and I think that thing is called a pole lance or something, isn't it? Yes, I think yes, it is a pole lance. Yeah. It has the word it is a pole in it. It is a pole lance. Yes, it is. Yeah. And yep. uh, uh, there's no denying that the Joan of Arc statue is one of a couple uh, okay. really yeah. solid there's, twains. There's so many right there. It's annoying. Um, however, if you went with let's, and this is just arbitrary me saying, you know, um, what if, um, what if he realized there's so many um, twain references in San Francisco that he was nice enough to put it in the image for us. Okay. So in the image specifically, there's three. So if you read what he says about the Legion of Honor, um, he's actually not talking about the building. He's talking about the metal. Um, but he says it's a, a one, you know, wonderful object. Um, and the Legion of Honor building is right there. And if the arch is the Legion of Honor great gateway, then that would be the one direction. The second one is in the part of her hair, you have Golden Gate Bridge and Fort Point. And he went to Fort Point and wrote a newspaper article. Um, and the third one that's in the image is he was, uh, his friend was accused of murder. So he bailed him bailed his friend out or promised to pay the bail if his friend skipped town. And as soon as his friend got out, he skipped town. So Mark Twain had to skip town in San Francisco also. So he grabbed a rowboat or a small boat and he went over to Angel Island and he camped out for two weeks. That's sort of where I get lost in these solves. Like I, I think back to Chicago and I think back to Cleveland. And if you were to put me and you and anybody in any Joe blow off the street in either of those parks with a book, I could explain that entire solve to, to, to the random person without them understanding anything about the history. Right. I can point, this is this, and this is this, and this is this, and it leaves you here. And they would understand. So my, it always makes me pause when, when someone says, you know, Mark Twain wrote this, you, how would you know that if you're, if you're standing right there? like you do in Cleveland and Chicago. You know, if you have to go back into history, how does that help you if you're a, you know, a kid in 1982 who can't Google 
you know, where Mark Twain wrote an article in a newspaper. You know what I'm saying? If you'd been to Angel Island, they got signs over there describing the Mark Twain thing. All right. But, um, but OK, no, I'm with you. I'm yeah. With you. And then the and but but the Legion of Honor. No, you got to go like read all his newspaper. I mean, excuse yeah. me, the um, the uh, uh, Fort Point. You got to go read all his newspaper articles, which this thing caused me to do. <laughs> I've read everything. And I love that about I love that about the secret, man. Even if we never find any of these things, just the stuff in history that we get to learn and the places we get to experience. It's amazing. It also sets you up for huge problems because in uh, Innocence Abroad, he says, hey, the one object of our attention that is so magnificent. And he's talking about the uh, cathedral in Milan, Italy. And I'm like, how the heck do we point at Milan, Italy? But that's, I, I think that's what keeps me in aquatic park. Like if I were to take Joe Blow off the street and say, hey, what do you know about Mark Twain? What did Mark Twain like? He's going to say, well, Tom Sawyer, you know, the Mississippi River steamboats. And aquatic park's got one. It's really big and it's hard to miss. It's the simple, it's, it, it, people always give me shit about it. I try to keep it super simple. And that's just the simplest explanation I can come up with. Mark Twain steamboats. Yeah. I don't but know. If, if, if you're from California, it's Mark Twain newspaper. Yeah. But was Byron from California, but Byron was in publishing. So he, to, in your favor, he would know a lot more of the, you know, intricacies of Mark Twain's history than the normal person. would. I, I would think so. Yeah. So, okay. So, so let's so, talk about the one place that nobody's mentioned yet, Coit Tower. So I got, to, I got to visit Coit Tower while we were there. And I'll tell you, nothing felt like giant step, like anything other than Coit Tower. Coit Tower, when you, when you walk up to it, this, it screams giant step. Giant pole, not so much. I can see why some people would say that. But boy, giant step for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and there's those rocks months and months and months ago, somebody posted on Facebook. They had like a, a side-by-side of some rocks at the top of a stairwell right next to Coit tower, right up against like the, uh, the painting, a couple of rocks in the image. And they looked perfect. Feral stairs or yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that. Well, I didn't think they looked perfect, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And something we learned while we were there just talking to, you know, the 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 natives of San Francisco, Um, they the gentleman in the park um, who brings his dog there every day and has been doing it for as long as he can remember. um, Let us know behind Coit Tower. Um, So when you when you come into Coit Tower, there's a circular parking lot. There's Christopher Columbus statue in the center. Um, You walk up these stairs to get to Coit Tower and then you can walk around it. Um, And around the back, there's this wonderful landscaped area with walkways, a little place you can have a picnic. None of that was there in the 80s in the back. All of that was just, according to the gentleman I spoke to, all of that was just raw, just rock and and soil and trees. Ice Um, It was ice plant. mm -hmm. And what were you saying, Bradley, a a while back about you were were climbing Coit Tower and then the the guide told you something. Yes. Oh yeah, that. Oh, absolutely. So, so we got to the top of Coit tower and we um, were talking with the guide at the top um, just about San Francisco in general. We didn't ask me specific questions and the top of Coit tower is not covered. It's, it's open air. Um, as a matter of fact, the employees make a, a really great joke. Whenever you first get there, they're like the, the, the best mural is actually on the ceiling when you get to the top. So make sure you look up. 
Um, of course, when you get up there, you look up, there's nothing but sky. Um, but we were discussing with them, uh, you know, how do you guys handle, I know it doesn't rain much, but when it rains, how do you guys handle the, the water collecting here in the top? And you kind of pointed out um, you know, the, the drainage system. And they said, and did you notice the giant step? I was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And he's like, the giant step. And I was like, do you call that the giant step or does everybody here call that the giant step? And he's like, oh, we all call it the giant step. It's it's above the level of the floor, so it keeps the water from going down the stairwell. And we always have to make sure that people that come up don't trip on it whenever they're coming back down. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's it. San Francisco solved. If you want to get the cast, just jump off Coit Tower. And you're good to go. Or is it buried at the top? <laughs> it's in the concrete. Get your jackhammers. The other thing is that the uh, that the word justice is inscribed in the Christopher in the base of the Christopher Columbus statue. And there's also a little placard um, out in the parking lot as you face towards the marina that uh, actually says the, the words giant pole in it. I really feel like the entirety of San Francisco, like San Francisco was built specifically to confuse people who look for secret treasures. Yeah. I'm more confused than when I first started this three or four years ago. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know. All right. So to get to the San Francisco meetup, I drove down to Florida and then flew across the country with uh, George and Rachel, which was exciting. But um, I tell you, I made that drive faster than I've ever made in my life. And that's because I had a deadline to hit. I drove down the night of the eu expedition unknown sequel to the secret uh, the secret Two. the secret Two, absolutely uh so i, I think everybody uh that's on has had an opportunity to watch am i correct on that uh yes awesome the podcast actually did a live stream for everybody uh so that everybody could watch the premiere at the exact same time my general feelings about the episode, you know, I, I came I came to it with a lot of uh, man. Ah, is this going to be as good as the first? There's a lot to live up to. You know, I've got a lot of heart in this hunt at this point. What is this going to be about? And man, I tell you, I absolutely loved it. I, I enjoyed it so much. Um, I love the way they approached it. Um, I loved the the sidebar themes that they threw in. Um, I loved that they uh, gave people uh, period nicknames like D&D. I love that there is a DeLorean. I love the technology that they use to um, go back in history so they could kind of see what the parks look like at a, a previous point in time. I loved the entire show. I, I loved every minute of it. There was, yes. there was a lot of fun stuff uh, to see. The last time I saw the goddess of the forest, it was in pieces. I mean, it was, there was, I'm, I'm, I didn't realize that so much of it still exists. So they restored it between when I saw it last time where, right where they went to see it, but it was just um, basically the front of it. So there's more oh, wow. out there. Yeah. So, so that, it used to I thought, be the front. That was all those left. Well, it was, it was in pieces really, you know? So, um, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, the backs missing, I think they had pieces of it that they were treating or restoring, you know, separately from the front. And I think, cause what I just, as I recall, it wasn't near as massive as it was when I saw it. And you saw it there in the park or in the museum? I saw it there in the museum in a stairway there at the, at the college. 
Yeah, I thought the episode was epic. Like I laughed my ass off for that. Like when when they had the whole Back to the Future scene, and uh, somebody off camera was like, "Hey, Calvin." Josh Gates is like, "Why are they yeah. calling me that?" that Dude, I laughed my ass off. The the uh, the uh, the Stranger Things Secret Two bumper. It was uh-huh. the whole intro, the '80s style intro. Everything about this episode was super entertaining. The guys from EU did an amazing job. They did the Indiana Jones search through the museum, mm. the search through the warehouse. It was great. Yeah. But one of my favorite things about this episode that they didn't do in the first was they made very specific, like you, that you need to respect the parks. Like, I think they stopped twice to say, we got permission to do this. Don't dig without permission. And I think that was, that was really honorable of them to make that point. And, and very appreciated. Yes. yes very appreciated. So, so it sounds like we all really enjoyed the show. Uh, some of us actually had some behind the scenes experience with the production. Um, I think George, uh, did they reach out to you for any information? Uh, let me see how I can answer that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, sorry. Yeah. So the podcast worked with you for oh God, we've been working with you for, we worked with you before the first episode, right? The podcast team. Uh, with uh, JM and Brian and Andy, Matt, I think you did some stuff for you gave them some stuff for the first episode too, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've been working with them, uh, sort of behind the scenes, giving them information, uh, getting them some access. Um, I did a couple of digs for them in St. Augustine that obviously didn't turn up anything. Uh, I did a couple of digs for them and. And uh, Charleston, that didn't turn up anything. I even went to Louisville to dig for them and didn't turn up for anything. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's sort of been an ongoing process. EU has embraced the community like no other or production has. I mean, there's been a couple of, there's been episodes about the secret. There's been uh, newspaper articles and magazine articles or whatever, but EU has sort of just embraced the community and, and worked with it. It's, it's been, it's been a crazy ride. So you're saying not only do we have the news in San Francisco stalking our Facebook page, but EU's probably keep an eye on it as well dude if you had any idea how many producers are in the facebook page you would go nuts seriously and matt how about uh, yourself with your experience with um, this most recent eu episode anything um, you can share with us sure it was uh jm and i were basically um we said we have some possibility locations um we want to check out but you know, the permitting process in San Francisco is such that we you can dig one hole. And um, working through EU um, and EU working with the Parks Department, we got permission to do multiple searches on the same day. Yeah. And uh, that was really, really, really nice. Yeah. Thank yes, you, Yes, I'll give EU that. Like, I've, I've got to give them props. The amount of connections that that television show gave us has been crazy and the access they gave us to different parks and different people uh it's been great and we're super appreciative it sounds like not only are they reaching out to you guys for help but they're absolutely giving help back to you guys it's almost as if maybe we're getting a little bit more from them than they might be getting from us yeah i yeah. felt i was yeah i felt I that felt way too yeah yeah hey thanks to you yeah and jo- and by the way we learned josh gates listens to the show so hi josh hey josh, hey, josh. absolutely Thanks for uh, thanks for listening in. Um, if you run up to us in public, we will definitely give you our autograph. Yeah, too. I'll sign some stuff for you. I mean, how awesome was that in the episode uh, when when um, 
uh, Alice Cooper just, oh my God, you're Josh Gates. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. That was super cool. So Alice Cooper said he watched all the EU episodes. He said that right there. That means he's watched the secret episode. So, And he's probably on our Facebook page. Is a secret hunter. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think there's an Alice on there. So, you know, you know. How cool would it be to be like a personality, you know, and then to just be walking down the street and one of your idols is like, dude, it's you. Like, like Matt, how awesome would it be to be walking down like the street in Cleveland or somewhere and pal and cars just like, dude, you're Matt. I got to say hi to you. I've actually had people come up to me and go, are you malted Falcon? (laughs) And I'm like, Okay, this is either really scary or really funny. So, but yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when we were walking um, in Aquatic Park, um, since I had never met Matt before, uh, we were walking over to the meetup site and there was somebody across the street that kind of waved. So I just kind of like waved back and turned around and kept walking. And then George was like, that's Matt. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was exciting. Um, in, in the EU episode, uh, I think we started off with Charleston as the first site that was mentioned and that uh, we got a walkthrough on. Uh, so... It's some very interesting information that uh, came to light uh, during the episode and maybe some information that was already um, out there that uh, some of our members uh, brought to light. But um, I think it was first brought to the public's um, eye, and that's that capstan. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, they, they really treated like this is his name, Coy. I think his name was Coy. Coy did a great job. Like in, in Charleston, he treated the hunt with respect. He was super excited. Um, that was, that was amazing. The capstan, it was great that Josh could find the capstan right in municipal storage where we've known it's been for like 20 years now. (laughs) And why didn't he turn on the lights in the warehouse? Josh never finds anything, man. He can't find the light switch. Oh, okay. It's gotta be good TV. I mean, come on. If anything, while, while Josh rarely finds what he's looking for, he has found some very awesome things and I love his show. Yeah, yeah, I'll say it was cool to be able to see that um, the the plaque, right? We don't really have any good shots of the plaque. Like we know what it says, but it was kind of cool to see that that plaque still exists. It's still sitting there. Yeah, it's, and it's it, right next to the cap stand. Yeah, underneath yeah. plastic. Put it back in the park, please do. <laughs> Wait, wasn't the cap stand originally out at? Um, the Citadel? I don't know. I thought it was always in White Point Gardens. Uh, I thought it was like... You could point. be right. I, 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 I honestly don't know. Been so many I think changes. it was originally on a boat somewhere. So what, <laughs> so what I know about Charleston is they had a um, they had a couple of digs. They were only really allowed to dig a couple of holes. Um, but I talked to the, the GPR. I talked to someone involved in the GPRing, but not necessarily the guy who did the GPR in Charleston. And found out that entire area, that entire half of the park, was completely GPR'd. Um, and the north, the north east I, half of the park. Uh, yeah, that whole whole half of the park from uh, from the what is it the Jackson Monument, ja- Jasper the Jasper Monument back. That was all GPR'd, and they were allowed to dig several of their most promising spots, uh, and they dug them all, and they found nothing. Now that includes my most promising spot by the. Uh, uh, the park benches where we found the plexiglass fuck it, two years ago now. Um, they dug that and they didn't find anything else. They dug the the hole by the uh, 
uh, the the Daughters of the Confederacy monument, which was a uh, as I think we were saying before a previously dug hole by one of the Facebook members. Uh, that was that was the coolest comment in the live stream when he was just like, "That's my hole." That was great. Which which brings <laughs> up something um, that you're going to clear up for us. Okay. So um, when they GPR and they see disturbed soil, uh-huh. you know, it looks like arches on the GPR screen. Uh-huh. But now you have a plexiglass box and a fake cask. Yes. That you've buried. Yes. We're going to let it sit for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to GPR it to show us what it really should look like. We're going to do more than that. A lot oh, tell more me, than tell that. Me. So here's what we're going to do with the box. We have buried the box in an undisclosed location, yet important place uh, in secret mythology. Uh, it is buried two feet below the earth um, in a place where no one will bother it. And the people who are in charge of this place know where it is. So they know not to let people bother it. It is buried next to a cinder block. It is buried next to a giant rock and it is buried next to a brick. And I'm going to sit, let it sit for about a week or so. And then I'm going to take a probe and a mic, a very, very good mic. And we're going to probe the plexiglass box. We're going to probe the rock, the cinder block. We're going to see the differences in sound in these things. We're going to find out what a cask sounds like when a probe hits it. And then we're going to let the box sit there and do nothing for six months or so. Let the ground settle. And then we're going to run over it with a GPR and see what it looks like under a GPR. Do you have a boroscope? Uh, I can get one. They're like 20 bucks. So yeah, that's a good idea. We should look, yeah. we should look at it. Bor- we'll, we'll get a boroscope. Yeah. We'll check it out with a boroscope. Good idea. Then if it's okay with you, Matt, well, no, uh, uh, the, I, I don't remember it now. It's on the ground. The lid of yours comes off, right? Yes. It was not sealed on. After we, uh, after we GPR it, we'll take the lid off of it. We'll pack that damn thing with dirt. We'll bury it again and we'll look at that. Because my main issue, my main issue with these GPRs is half of these casts are up north, you know, and they're not airtight or they're not watertight. And even if they were watertight after 40 years, they're not watertight anymore. Water's going to have seeped in. It's going to freeze, expand. It's going to break these boxes and they're going to get filled with dirt. So I want to see what this thing looks like when it's full of dirt. And or fill it with water. Yeah. Either. Well, if I just break open the top and I fill it with dirt, it's going to fill up with water naturally. We're going to see it sort of in its natural environment, just sitting in the dirt with the dirt settled. So it'll it'll settle a lot of a lot of questions. What do these things sound like? Well, I can't really illustrate what they feel like, but I'll at least be able to describe it. And what do they look like under a GPR? So it's a great, great project that the podcast team is taking on. Thank you, Matt, for donating your replica cask and box. Um, hopefully, we'll get some answers for everybody. And, and speaking of uh, Matt's replica cask and box, um, I, I forgot to mention this during the meetup conversation earlier. If you are out hunting and you do not have a way to get this cask back home safely, you have not <laughs> thoroughly thought out your hunt. Matt brought 
this amazing little box. It was a um, well, Matt. Why don't, why don't you tell us about it? Tell us about your your when I find it, I want to keep it safe box. Well, yeah, that was like so. If if I actually dig one of these things up, what, am I going to hold it the whole way home? Because I you know live several hours from San Francisco, so. I thought, well, I'll, I know the size of the case. So I laser cut out of foam a, a custom fit um, carrier uh, to hold the lid, the cask, and the key separate from the plexiglass box and the plexiglass lid. So everything's wrapped in foam and it's going to be protected as you drive along. And now that's so. in the trunk of my car. Thank you for that great gift, Matt. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome. Legit. Yeah, it's tell you, it awesome. Is legit. If you haven't seen the the live stream that we did, um, go watch it. We uh, we got some footage of it. It's legit. I'll post some pictures up it, on the Facebook page. It was made out of, you know, a, 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 a Tupperware, fancier than Tupperware, Rubbermaid uh, bin and exercise mats from Walmart. Yeah, it's, it's legit. I like it. The other thing that I was thinking about is if you ever find one of these things and you pull it out of the ground, you're going to leave a big hole in the ground and parks don't want you leaving big holes. So I was thinking, well, rather than just filling it in with dirt, I wouldn't have, I can stick the, you know, fake cask in there and take the other cask with me. Oh, you don't mention his little note that says, sorry, I beat you to it. (laughs) Yeah, Matt, you don't carry around a bag of dirt. I carry around a bag of dirt. I got like it's it's super lame now that I think about it. And I probably shouldn't have said it because it makes me sound like a nerd. But I just went out to Walmart and bought a bag of potting soil. And whenever I dig, if I if I leave a divot of any kind, which I've done several times, I just spread out some potting soil. So if you ever see random potting soil around a hole in one of your parks. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. we we're talking about the Ep- expedition unknown episode we talked about the capstan one of the uh questions i had for you that that for the people that have been boots on the ground i know um you've been there george matt have you been to charleston yet i have been through charleston and went hmm this is where a cask is and kept driving <laughs> nice oh dude it's a beautiful so, park at one point, they they had a point of interest, but they didn't dig because they felt the dirt was just too compact. It was too hard to dig. Do what are your feelings about that? Because my feelings about that are, why wouldn't you dig? I know it's hard, but make it happen. No, you don't understand, man. That sand is packed. Um, probably something I shouldn't say, but I will. Uh, when the when Charleston had their last hurricane uh, a year or so ago. Um, I was asked to go down and help volunteer as, you know, a member of the fire department and EMS, I, I officially help. Um, when I got there, there, they didn't really have a hurricane, but the whole city was evacuated and they put me at the battery. Like I was stationed at the battery. So I'm sitting there with all of my tools at the battery with nothing to do, no hurricane going on. So I, I, uh, I used my probe, um, in that Sandy area and, and Josh is right. Even with the ground saturated, it's just too hard. You can't dig that. It's like digging rock. So what do you think of the chances are that it was possible to bury it there in the 1980s? I don't know. It depends. Yeah. It, it depends de- on if it was area where landscaping had happened. Yeah. Um, I know uh, 
so the capstan was when the capstan was removed, and this is a, a big thing on the wiki. Uh, the wiki thinks that the um, the cask was right in front of the caps or right behind the capstan in the sand. Uh, when the capstan was removed, it wasn't just like they, they didn't just pick it up with a crane and cart it off. There was an excavation and it was done by the city archaeologist and the city archaeologist dug out several feet from where the capstan is and recorded everything they found. They found some old pottery. They found some bones. They found a bunch of buttons, but they didn't find a cask. So the odds that the cask was ever buried in front of uh, or behind that monument slim to none. Uh, there's some pictures on 12 treasures on the, the Charleston page of the newspaper article where they talk about the excavation and it shows where the monument was. And then they dug out a couple, couple, three feet. I mean, it's a really clear picture and it, I mean, the, the whole article illustrates it, it describes exactly what they found. There was, there was never a cast there. Fair enough. So what did we learn from this episode? In Charleston? Yeah. Well, did, did either of you have a takeaway from this episode for Charleston? No. They dug in the wrong spot. Yeah. Good white point. Uh, so did we learn anything in Charleston? No, I don't really think so. It was super entertaining. Um, I think they skipped over a lot of important parts of the verse, like the bar that binds. They really didn't touch on that. And according to the verse, that's where you need to dig. Um, and by the, the, the Confederate statue, there's not really a bar. Um, but other than that, no, I, I thought they treated Charleston with respect. I thought it was fun. I always thought the bar that binds was because um, uh, I've, I've never seen it in Charleston, never seen pictures of it, but I've certainly seen the things they put in trees to support the long, uh, nowadays they use cables, but before they use cast iron rods with eyelets on each end to keep branches from falling down. Oh, wow. Fair enough. Sure. Just uh, saying. So- the two-path theory uh, works really well in Charleston. The from, from, and I am not an expert on Charleston whatsoever, but it starts at Fort Sumter and comes in where the Fort Sumter Ferry um, connects and then goes right down the coast to the park. And the other one comes in from, what is that, the Pear Blossom Bridge or something? Pearman Bridge, yeah. And comes down and hits the other side of the park. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about that. That was, that's been, you've, you've talked about that for a really long time. I remember us talking about that years ago, but it works better if there's two paths. All right. So EU episode kind of did what I did. They flew from my coast all the way over to San Francisco for the next half of the show. Uh, and they uh, showed us golden gate park, which um, <laughs> I went to San Francisco and I did not step foot in Golden Gate Park. There was a huge concert going on. There's a huge concert going on. And so um, I, I'll be 100% honest. I, I don't like being around a ton of strangers while I'm trying to do things that may or may not be considered illegal. So uh, I did not step foot in uh, and I, I honestly, I regret that. But um, they, they took us into Golden Gate Park. George, you said you got a chance to go there while you were there. Just uh, just sort of, I, I technically got to Golden, Golden Gate Park. I went to the Panhandle uh, a couple of days before we left. A member on Facebook posted something about a church that was right by the Panhandle and wanted somebody to go check it out. I told him I would, so I, I got to actually go there. So it was only technically Golden Gate Park, but it was still, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. 
Yeah, we had a, a team, uh, a community member that had a spot that they wanted us to check out. Um, and I already reached out to them uh, via Facebook message and apologized that we weren't able to get there and probe and dig because of that concert. But, um, you know, if we ever get another opportunity to or if we have somebody else in San Francisco that can do that for them, we'll we'll definitely get that. Oh, yeah, I got I, I got to go check it out. I couldn't um, I couldn't find a place to dig. I just couldn't. Well, I mean, it was broad daylight and I didn't have permission anyway. But I couldn't narrow down the spot like he kind of wanted it to be narrowed down. It just didn't really work on site for me. That's not to say it won't work for somebody else, but it didn't work for me. So in in San Francisco, uh, there are, as we mentioned before, a ton of different areas, a ton of different ways to interpret the image, a ton of different ways to interpret the verse. Uh, But we got a walkthrough with Josh Gates, uh, Dustin, and Deidre. uh, uh, Love their nickname, D&D. And they took us through the park. And uh, Matt, I think um, the the, kind of the general walkthrough they took from the doors to the, from the gate to the um, goddess was uh, solved that uh, you've had on, I think, Q4T for some time. Can you kind of walk us through that? Okay, so um, basically, uh, starting at um, the lodge, uh, McLaren Lodge, right there at the right near the Panhandle, um, is uh, a beautiful, beautiful stone building with doors on it. So the the theory was that Stonewall's door. Next spot over the air smells sweet uh, is the Conservatory of Flowers. Now. In the picture is the silhouette uh, that's been uh, discussed back and forth as either Lincoln, JFK, or even Ronald Reagan. Um, But if you're going past McLaren Lodge and you're going past um, the Conservatory of Flowers, you're on JFK Boulevard. So then magic happened. So the you know the, the you know they only have so much time to put um, uh, clues into their TV show. So the rest of the verse we kind of glossed over. Although there's there's great solutions all along that route for that verse. Um, and um, uh, I know in in the episode in in the episode. Um, uh, they mentioned that the uh, high points were three, could have been Sutro Tower, but the, the Japanese hints suggest that the posts are wood. So they pointed at the, um, uh, the, the finials on the Conservatory of Flowers, of which there are three, but those are iron. I don't know if Dustin or Deidre knew that. Those are iron. Those are um, uh, lightning rods. Lightning rods, thank you. So, but anyway, magic happens down the way. Um, uh, you know, we skip past education and justice and aces high and first across, but that's okay because you can just look all that stuff up. And we end up at the goddess of the forest totem pole, which um, I very, very familiar with the goddess of the forest. Uh, and, uh, um, I think it was almost two years ago, Dustin called me uh, and said, uh, or texted me and said, he's got a new take on the the goddess of the forest. Uh, uh, and where, he told me, he told me where, not why. Um, and uh, it was basically asking if I'd ever dug out there. And I 
I had not dug out there. And as far as I know, um, no one else has dug out there. The goddess of the forest base. I thought you dug like a trench around it. Oh, no, no, no. Dustin's spot was not at the goddess. His spot was, let me, let me see which direction that's going to be south east or is that where the shadow hits yeah basically, I'm facing the goddess of the forest it's to the left and back a little bit so um it was uh you know it was it was a non-explored spot so about two years ago dustin also reached out to me and he mentioned to me hey i think we've got something figured out i think we may have figured out how to unlock and solve each of the puzzles. Like I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much detail until we've really got this down pat. Uh, but I think we've got something here. And he let me know back then. He's like, the first place we want to try this is San Francisco. Um, and so we're watching the Expedition Unknown episode. And then Dustin says it. We've got the secret of the secret. So here's what I'm going to say. Um, we we got to talk about the secret of the secret, right? There's no. There's no getting around it. And we asked uh, Dustin and Deidre if they would like to come on and explain the solve because it's a little it's a little complex, right? It's it's got um, it's got tricky little parts and we wanted to give them the opportunity to come on and explain it themselves. Uh, They politely declined. Uh, I had other stuff going on, whatever. Uh, So I am going to have to do that for them. And the only way that I know how to do that is to go back in time to to harness the power of Dungeons and Dragons to become D&D and explain their solve. A story begins a millennia ago. The fires of the Brightlands were raging when two heroes broke open the foundations of hell itself. Suddenly a giant ball of fire burst forth from the depths and lit up the night sky. The powerful ball of flame drew the earth closer, spreading its deadly radiation across the lands, harming our heroes' fair folk friends. The fair folk, fearing for their safety, were forced into the shadows, where one by one they hid their treasures. The shadows that they hide behind? what I understand to be the secret of the secret um, at some, okay. Oh so <laughs> in, in these verses, there are Zodiac signs, which some of them I can yeah, see we, some of them, not yeah. so much, you know, yeah. some of them seem a little yeah. forced. Yeah, I know. I, I got no problem with the Zodiac signs. Cause we got, we know the months, we know months, are there. We know the flowers are there. Well, we know he, some, some images have months. Some images have flowers. Yeah. You know, it seems so, a little so bit if of, you, if you're going to tell me, if you're going to tell me some images have, um, Zodiac signs, I'm okay. Well, I, some of know. them, but I can't, I can't stretch that across all of the, here's my main problem. We know that there's times associated with some of them. We know that there are months associated with all of them, but Zodiac signs don't follow along the same lines as months. Just cause I was born in January doesn't necessarily make me a Capricorn, you know? Um, so it's kind of a stretch to say, this is the January, uh, puzzle, therefore well, Capricorn. Well, in, 
it, you know, in in Chicago, they say there's the Taurus, the bull, mm-hmm. and there's the Gemini symbol. So the point would be so they cusp. They say they're both. There's, they're both of those. Like in, each image holds Chicago. two. In Chicago, I'm just going to say in Chicago. I can say okay. that for in Chicago. Okay. So, and, which gives us the day of I'm uh, January, February, March, April, May 21st. Okay. So, okay, May 21st at. Um, and it's the fifth image, right? Mm. And so 5 p.m. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's image five, 5 p.m. So um, now he's got a website that he's posted several times called SunCalc. Um, I'm not enamored with that website. Yeah. To the NOAA. Uh, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric website, and I put in the same date and time, and the bearing I got for the sun was seven, I can't remember, seven to 10 degrees off of what he got. Yeah, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is when you're talking about shadows and stuff. When, because, because, because at this well, time when you're off by an inch, you're off by a mile. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's if you're talking minutes and seconds in, you know, as the movement of the sky, sun across the sky. But in this particular instance, if you go with the bearing sun calc comes up with, it puts the sun a little bit south of west. Which means the shadows move to the northwest, northeast. Okay. If you go with Noah, it puts the sun a little bit north of west, which means the shadow falls to the southeast. Hmm. If theory, if this theory is correct, then I mean the, the whole point of the theory is it points to the spot, not near the spot, not about at the spot. The spot. the spot. Well, we're 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 arguing back and forth about you know is this one accurate? Is that one accurate? And you know what? You know he he came up with he he said you know what next May twenty fourth next next May twenty first let's have somebody in the park with a camera and you know we got people who live in Chicago they can do that and they'll be there to take a picture of it at five p.m. and you know, we'll- yeah, and- but we won't really know. We won't, we won't really know because it, and that's, it's going to be a problem. We won't really know because we don't really know where Chicago was. And in the beginning, the first, uh, the first newspaper article, they had the dig spot in a completely different place than they did in expedition unknown. And even in the podcast, Rob was like, dude, this was 30 some odd years ago. I don't remember what, where exactly the hole is that we dug. Uh, and that's going to be a big problem. My biggest argument, my biggest keep it simple, stupid argument for this is how many casts do we have? We got two, two have been found. How many of those solutions needed shadows? Zero. Well, let's play devil's advocate. So just because they didn't need shadows doesn't mean that shadows weren't involved. Right? Okay. Because All right. I know that they missed, they missed I mean, so many clues. All right. Um, That's especially a- in Chicago, but they still found it. 
play play the temple if they weren't there on that day and that time, they wouldn't see the shadow, so they wouldn't notice. Yeah. Okay, so, that's a good thing, point. Same thing's going to happen in you know uh, January, February, March, April in Cleveland next April. Get somebody there to take a picture of that. Yeah. So here would be my rebuttal. Um, Rob didn't really get to meet with Byron, uh, but Brian did. And they went through the solution for Cleveland and Chicago and shadows came up legit zero times when Rob sent their solution to Byron and Byron said, I can't, you're right. You're right in the spot. I, I don't know why you can't find it. Shadows were mentioned zero times. So we found two casts without shadows and we've dug at least one spot with them and found no cask. Now I'll give him, we don't know the exact dimensions of the goddess, you know? So he could have been off a little bit and it was augmented reality. So the shadow is not, you know, I'll give him that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons okay. why you wouldn't have found it. Just, just to, just to be clear mm -hmm. before the TV show was there and everything, they were there with, um, you know, they, they plotted it out realistically. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they did. It's, you yeah, know, it's math. Reality was neat and cool for the yeah. TV show, but they, they did the math. Well, I'm trying to give him an out. Like if it's an exact thing, I, I, if, if this shadow is supposed to point to an exact spot and you've got the math and you know where that shadow was, that cast should be there. And it wasn't. That's fair. And one other thing, when EU had me dig at the Fountain of Youth for them, they had me dig two very specific spots. They gave me uh, coordinates, they gave me feet, they gave me angles off of two very specific things. One was a little picnic area next to a coquina wall where they had me um, go a certain angle off the wall back a certain amount of feet. And the other was the wiki fountain. They had me go like to the left of the wiki fountain and then back towards the planetarium uh, a certain number of feet. They gave me an exact spot where we had to get somebody down there to do math and figure out the angles and figure out exactly where we were supposed to dig. And we dug both of those holes and guess what we found? It wasn't a cask. So we're 0 for 2 here or 0 for 3 if you count both holes. Now, I'll say this. Let me walk back a little bit. I don't think any of us even before the shadow thing believed that the goddess of the forest was the right place, right? The shadow thing could still work in San Francisco. Maybe they were just in the wrong spot. Like we know these, these images have some, some of these images have clocks in them. We don't really know why it's possible that shadows have something, you know, time and dates or whatever. It's possible. It's unlikely that it fits all of them. And, and that was the only real issue I had when you're putting forth, we have the secret answer to the whole of the secret. It should fit. It doesn't. Maybe you got a really good idea about some of these puzzles. And I think, I think this could work in some of them, but not all of them. Uh, also just, you know, as, as you know, a fair point, um, the EU producers, want you to jazz it up oh yeah yeah okay. so yeah. so if you come on tv going eh, we got a pretty good idea you know yeah dustin and dustin and Dieter did a good job they did a really good job on that episode. absolutely they did a phenomenal job and how many not even talking about the secret all the different episodes that we've watched and josh is talking to somebody 
has there ever been a single guest that hasn't said a hundred percent? Absolutely, I know where it is. McCoy, I've said McCoy. it a million times. Well, yeah. A million yeah. times. I've said on multiple podcasts. It's right there. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite part of the episode, and it was it was the shot of Deidre probing the ground. because <laughs> oh, oh, I'm there with her. I'm there with yeah. her. Yeah. I feel it. Like I was, I was laughing my ass off with that. Not at her, but with her. Like, uh, oh yes, yeah, oh yes. Absolutely. I was like, oh, oh I feel so angry. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I've had that face on. I've had that face on at the goddess many times. So yeah, I'll give them that, man. Even some of the, these verses even mention shadows. A couple of them, you know. New York mentioned shadows. Uh, Charleston mentioned shadows. Two verses have shadows in them. Yep. Yes. You know. So maybe I mean, they're right there. Straight up. Yeah. I mean, it's a Charleston straight up. If if I remember correctly, you know, I'm just pulling it up just so I'm not that guy. Yeah, it's, it says right there. It says beside the long palm shadow embedded in the sand. I mean, it can't be more clear than that. Um, in, Except it does say beside it, not yeah. at it. Correct, but you're still using the shadow, and it lets you know in yeah. this puzzle, it's not going to be in the shadow. It's going to be right next to it. The and thing, for New yeah. York, it starts off, the very first two lines is in the shadow of the great giant. So, so you know, I'm digging I'm digging a shadow yeah. idea, just not yeah. for all of them. The thing that I worry about, the thing that I worry about in presenting this sort of all-encompassing idea is that it presents a solution which may or may not work to a, bro- a wide audience as the solution and could stop progress of the rest of the puzzles. If that makes sense, if we all of a sudden assume that everything has shadows instead of working Yeah, maybe I just shouldn't say that. Never mind. Well, no, it, you, it, it you, all- you said it. You said it correctly. And I get accused of being mean to new people in the hunt. And I welcome everybody. I really do. The, the thing that will get me going is when you say, I've got a solution. It's the solution. Because what you're, you know, what you're saying when you say that is everybody else should basically stop digging. Yeah. Because I've figured this out, you know, and you're, you know, that I mean, that I don't, I, I just can't handle when somebody says, you know, I've got it. You, you just need to stop digging because I figured it out already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, where's your cask? Show me your cask. I'll stop digging there. <laughs> And I think, in, in all fairness, for for D and uh, uh, I don't think they had any option but to present it that way. And I think 100% they feel that that is the fact. Um, you know, whether I agree with it or not, um, clearly I don't for the entire puzzle. But I think, uh, you know, in all in all honesty, that's how they feel that they have figured it out, and that's how it works. And um, in the show, they needed to present it in that fashion. But just for forum etiquette and online conversation, this topic comes up a lot. Um, and it, it is um, uh, deflating um, for new new searchers that don't really have a background and a context of this hunt and all of the history of it and the information that has been uncovered and all the different theories out there and kind of how we bounce ideas off of each other. When they see a post that says, oh, here's the solve, it's, it, I, I've got it, then they stop. 
they, yeah. they lose all that excitement and all that joy that uh, that brought them to the forum. They see that and they don't have enough information to keep them going. They think, oh man, I missed it. And that's it. We just lost that user. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's correct. Yeah. I actually, I was Googling I, uh, today, I think it was New York. And uh, in one of the results that popped up was the solution to the secret New York. And yeah. it wasn't the solution. But that's how it pops up in the Google, you know, search engine. Yeah. And I'll give you, I'll give you this. D&D obviously had to play it up for Expedition Unknown. It's a, it's a TV show. You've got to, you've got to, I've got the answers. But then after that episode, they had all the time in the world to write as many articles as they want saying like, this is our idea, you know, and it may not be correct, whatever. This is our idea. Work with it. You know, Uh, Dustin, especially. and I hate it for him. At least on my end, I've seen him catch a lot of slack. You know, I've seen the people in the Facebook groups, like when someone, someone new came in and was like, do you guys buy the shadow of the shadow thing? Every single comment was just flat. No, you know, and Dustin went into Q for T admittedly, not the most welcoming place and, and tried to explain his theory and just got shut down. And I think it's because of the way it's being presented, you know, it's not being presented as let's have a conversation about this idea. It's here is the answer, accept it. And then when you come to question it, it's just like, no, all ideas are great. We're not really going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about anything negative or whatever. The way it's being presented, it, it sort of shot them in the foot. I don't know. It's just my opinion. I'm also, of the, you know, if you come up with a theory and, and you, you want to defend your theory, let's test the heck out of it. Let's yeah. just, you know, you know, if there's, if there's one, if there's one website that does calculations to tell you what the shadow is great. If there's nine, let's use all nine and compare the numbers. You're right. Just test it. Test it, and if it works, accept it. If it doesn't, discard it. But Dustin did say, you know, let's, let's, you know, great. Let's get some people at the sites on the days with cameras, you know, and that's a great idea because yeah. you can't argue with that. You cannot argue with that. Sure. Like, you- except like, like Bradley said, you know, it's like, well, we don't know where the hole in Chicago actually was. We have a pretty good idea. Um, so what did we learn from the San Francisco portion of the EU episode? Uh, Matt, anything new? That's we'll take that question. as a no. Yeah. That, <laughs> what, did, what did we learn new? Um, well, um, I, I learned where a sewer pipe was. I'm glad that I am not the sewer pipe king anymore. If you dig Somebody my, uh, if you dig my, uh, it's not a sewer pipe, it's an irrigation line, and it's um, it's on my map of where I dug in <laughs> front of the goddess because it goes over there, you know. I like that every single EU episode so far that's been done about the secret, all they've found is a pipe. Yeah, that a is pipe funny. or a piece of pipe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just. Uh, what I if- was just. I was just thinking though. They were they were really pushing those probes down into the ground, and that is a five inch PVC irrigation line 
with some incredible water pressure. Oh man, I, I got to touch on that. Somebody on the Facebook group the other day was posting about how they were probing and I think it was San Francisco and they were using a rubber mallet to like hammer their probe into the ground. These No, don't do that. Yeah, these casks Lexan or Lexan it's Lexan, right? That they're made out of. It's strong, but it's been in the ground for 40 years. Like you're going to hammer through this thing. Be gentle with probes. Like even Dustin and Deidre, they were being really forceful and putting all their weight behind it. You're going to punch through these things. If you do that, like they're strong, but they're old and have deteriorated. Be careful. Well, the interesting thing about the dirt in Golden Gate Park is uh, Golden Gate Park's basically built on a giant sand dune Mm -hmm. and you go down beneath six inches of topsoil and you're in wet sand. What? And yes. Yeah. And when you, it's beach sand. And when you push down on a probe in into beach sand, the beach sand compacts. Yeah. And so, gets harder and harder. And then, and then it's hard enough that it makes the sound that you've hit something. Mm. Digger pro tip. Those, the probes are long, man. You can wiggle them. You can move sand out of the way on the end. Just wiggle your probe and it will slide down. It's not as easy as hammering it in with a mallet, but, you know, be gentle. George is saying be gentle, but uh, Matt, when you uh, showed us your uh, home-built acrylic box, um, you had some pretty good marks on the top of that. You mentioned you you gave it a good... Uh, I think I used, at one point you mentioned I, you used all of your body weight, right? I did. I used I used uh, I used my bully probe, which is the thick one from Amazon, and um, uh, it was down uh, two and a half feet, and I was pounding it down into the top of it, trying to break the lid. Yeah, task. but I in all, to know what you're right because they're forty years old. They're old. And, and they're, they're exposed to the elements and to water and dirt and bugs and roots. And, you know, you don't know the condition of these casts. I don't know them. Just be gentle. Cause I don't want to find a cast with a big hole in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I scarred my lid, but I was not able to shatter my lid and I was trying. I mean, I've seen, I've seen people, they hit a rock and then they just pound and pound and pound. Like, what are you trying to do? You've hit something. You've stopped. Are you literally trying to break it? Like I, I, I don't know. That's, That's yeah. when you pull the probe out of the ground and you stick the camera down in. Yeah. The camera only costs thirty dollars. Or, or dig a hole. Anyway, uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about about the EU episode? No, no. I got nothing. No. Okay. So Kit blew our blew our minds. Just destroyed everybody's outlook on uh, i i have no idea like that w- so kit did the craziest thing uh, a, a facebook member jason olson was talking about new york just a random conversation and kit palancar throws pictures of the original painting on facebook the first time we've ever seen the full new york image or maybe no it wasn't the full yeah we saw three quarters yeah we didn't get to see the the waves and you thought that Montreal was mind blowing in the first EU episode when we saw that the um, Florida Lee was covered up. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The church isn't even there. What is that I, about? I told you that church was important. I told you the color was important. Uh, that printing, it was too weird. It's got to be 
the color, the specific color of that church has to be important in some way. Matt, you, you and I are having a conversation about um, how they photograph these images and how they could possibly be doing post edits on these, um, having the image on the wall in one room, and then kind of a glass window and then the camera on the other side and, uh, you know, taping uh, things up on, on the window, things like that. Uh, and, you know, how they would have done editing to these in post-production uh, in the eighties. Can you talk a little bit about how you think that might've happened? Okay. So basically you, the, the, the camera is a, the size of a room and the lens is in, in one wall and they would put the image uh, on one wall. The film would be a very large sheet of film. We're talking four feet by, you know, three feet uh, on the wall of the second room. Um, everything was there. I mean, they, we're not talking computer graphics. Everything was manual paste up. So they, uh, you know, if they wanted to add things or uh, remove things, they would actually be cut out and put on the um, wall on top of the image or added to the film afterwards, um, not double exposure, but actually cut into the film so that, uh, you know, placed on top of the negative. A while back, we noticed that the, um, the, the onion domes were paint were, were printed a little differently. So I went to a printer and I asked about the process for that. And they told me that there's generally when you print books in the eighties, you would use a, a four color press. It would be black, what is it? Black cyan magenta. And it was four, there was a four color press. And they said, at, sometimes you add a fifth color. Um, generally the four colors you can use to blend together to trick your eye into seeing the color that they want you to see. But the fifth color is a very specific color. And he said, it's, it, they said it's usually used for when a company's doing letterhead and like FedEx, they have a very specific blue for their logo or Walmart has a specific blue or whatever. They want to use that very specific color for their letterhead. So the fifth press is used when you want to use a very specific color. Um, and that was my first clue that something's off with these, this church. There's some, there's a different way that you need to view it. I, that's what started me down the path of this color is important. And with kit coming out and saying stuff about color filters with the dots, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm sticking with my colors important. I finally ordered myself a set of the uh, blue and red 3D glasses uh, specifically for this. So I'm still waiting to come in, but I'm excited to use those to take a look. I, I could have brought you mine. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we. I've, I've been looking at it with those. I think uh, Forrest Blight bought an entire set of, of uh, photographic color filters. It was like 200 different colors. And he's been looking at the image through each of those can't figure it out, man. I hope, I hope somebody out there now that we have the original image and an idea of what's going on with the colors and with the church, I hope somebody can figure that out. And yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's, it's some man, uh, counting the dots, using color filters, who knows? Um, but geez, this, it's almost like it's either a terrible puzzle or it's so freaking genius. Um, and I'm leaning towards so freaking genius yeah, now that we've yeah. seen the original. So freaking genius and so freaking hard. When Byron reacted to the puzzle, 
He said that was really hard. So the dots puzzle. Yeah. The bubbles puzzle. So, okay. And this settles it. Uh, JJP signature is on the clock. So we've got that. Yep. That settles one argument. I think, I think the New York image settles a lot of arguments. You've got before people were looking a little too hard to find sort of hidden stuff. Now that we can see it clearly, it, it, it just doesn't seem to really be anything hidden in that image. It seems, it, it seems like, yeah, what you, what you need to see is right there. Right there in front of you. Yeah. Just figuring out it's hard. Yep. All right. Very hard. So I guess that wraps it up for New York. So Matt's gone. Uh, that was a, a really good conversation about the New York image. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the San Francisco meetup, and we decided to plan a new one. We're going to have a meetup in St. Augustine. The date has been set for December 7th um, at 1 in the afternoon. It's going to be at the Fountain of Youth. We've got John Frazier is all on board. He's he's welping, welcoming everybody into the, his park. You're still going to have to pay the admissions fee. But he's going to be on site. He's going to give the entire group a personal tour through the park, talk about its history, especially the history you're sort of interested in, where things were, uh, where they've been moved, uh, how the parks evolved since, you know, the, the casks were buried. And then he's going to do a Q&A. He's going to answer all of your questions about the park. And he is very, very excited about this. We got a couple of other uh, surprises planned for the for the meetup, but that's that's all you get for right now. So if you wished you could have made it to the San Francisco meetup, uh, make plans to come down to the San, uh, the St. Augustine one. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I Are mean- you? The park in itself is a great reason. Oh, I'm 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 there. I am <laughs> All right, there. good, good. Um, yeah, absolutely. The the park, uh, Fountain of Youth Park, by itself is a great reason to go. Plus, we're going to have community members. Plus, John Frazier is going to give us a personal one on one tour of the park and a Q and A. You can't miss this. Yeah, imagine having the one person that can answer every single question you have about the Fountain of Youth there to specifically answer your questions. Um, And for those of you that can't make it, we're going to live stream it like we did San Francisco. It's not really going to be the same, but we'll still try to take questions over chat and get them to John. So if you absolutely can't make it, you'll at least have that to fall back on. Absolutely. I I hope anybody that wants to can. um, And if you can't definitely join on that. that, that was one of my favorite parts about the San Francisco meetup as well. We had, a lot of people watching the live stream and we got some great questions from the community members that couldn't come so they can still be a part of the meetup. Uh, the second announcement. Um, uh, so one other thing for the community, um, and I'm going to cut this out if it, if it doesn't happen the way I, I plan on happening. Um, all of us are sort of enamored with, with John Palancar, with his art. We obsess over his art, but none of us can afford it. Right. John Palancar's paintings are like $40,000. We can't go out and buy a painting and hang on our wall. The podcast has gotten the podcast bought some art, some John Palancar art, and we're going to auction it off. We're going to auction it off to benefit St. Jude. The money's going to go directly to St. Jude. We're going to put it up on eBay. Uh, when you bid on it, it's going to have a disclaimer. We don't even touch the money. It just goes directly to St. Jude. So soon you're going to have the opportunity to buy your own original John Jude Palancar art, hang it on your wall, do whatever you want to with it. 
to benefit the the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So I am super excited about that. I've never held Palancar art before, but I'm going to get the chance and then I'm going to immediately give it, like sell it. It's going to be crazy. That's amazing. That when we went to Ohio, when we went to the Canton Museum of Art, and we got to see his works on display. The only thing that I missed was the opportunity to take a piece with me home um, because I, I just do not make that amount of money. And having the opportunity, and believe you guys, I'm going to be bidding on this as well, but to have the opportunity to own an original John Jude Palancar piece of art, I mean, come on. That's, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super stoked about this. And I mean, we, we couldn't go all out. We couldn't get you a secret painting, uh, but I think you'll like, I think we'll like what we scored for you. Um, so that's coming up. It. Uh, I know the community has been super, super gracious in the past. Um, and I hope you guys will support St. Jude. Um, I hope you guys, I hope whoever wins will enjoy it. Uh, I guess I mean, that's somebody wants to buy me something. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I really want a painting of Palancar's called Ghost Punch. I think it's $65,000. So if you've got that lying around and you really want to support the podcast, if you could just buy that painting, it would be great. So mine is called Becoming Human, and I think it was only 18000 So I'm just saying mine will be a lot easier to make happen than George's. Please feel free. <laughs> uh, the podcast has been doing some cool stuff lately. We've been doing some live streams. Uh, we're going to be doing a live stream uh, about the San Francisco meetup shortly. Actually, you'll probably see that before this comes out. You can find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash the secret treasures. Um, and if you want to support the podcast, uh, consider donating to us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a, is a site that allows you to support your favorite content creators. You can join for like five bucks a month. Um, and you get some, you get some extra stuff. We've, we're giving out a, an additional signed John Palancar art print to our Patreon members. Uh, some of our, our raw audio from the podcast gets uploaded there for our Patreon members. So um, you get a lot of our stuff just a little earlier. So if if you like us, can consider supporting us. <laughs>